Hey y'all, this is Ashley with Created to Connect and we're here this afternoon with um, Amy and Rebecca and Rachel and Angela and we are on week four of suffering. Today we're going to really talk about just how suffering humbles us. We're going to dig into pride and humility and and really just kind of compare you know, what, what does the word say about these things and what does the world say about these things. So I think we'll just go ahead and, and dig into the first question. Um, we're looking at 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Read it. And I'll go ahead and, and read that. It says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So good. So why did Paul say, let's talk about the thorn, y'all. Why was he given a thorn in his flesh? What was the reason he told us here? Well, it talks about to keep himself from exalting himself above God. Right. Um, and I think it also gives him an example of what grace and power that is all from God. I think that's another reason. I mean, that was the next verse. Absolutely. It talks about, you know, his grace and his power. So that it would rest on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, how wonderful to have that even for us. But if we didn't have those thorns, maybe we wouldn't. Why would we have that grace and power? We wouldn't need it. Right. 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 So... So we see that, yeah, to keep, so in some of the versions it says to keep him from becoming conceited. Yeah, yeah boasting in something other than the Lord, which right. if we looked back at the reasons, which I guess that takes yeah. us into the next Can one. I read you really but, quick this version where it says, it says to keep me from being puffed up and mm. too much elated by the exceeding greatness, oh. preeminence of those re- these revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. So... Mm keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by the exceeding greatness of yeah. the revelation he was right. given. Yeah. So that will be our, um, we'll see that part of number two as well. Um, but let's talk about the thorn for just a second, y'all. Okay. Paul was given a thorn in the flesh and it says that it was a messenger of Satan. Okay. That was sent to torment him. Doesn't that sound fun? Yeah. Anybody ever had a messenger of Satan, a thorn that torments them? More than yep. one. Yep. Oh, yeah. And you know, think about what a thorn is, y'all. I did the definition. Yeah, so Angela, rock our world with the thorn <laughs> definition. The definition is something causes distress or irritation. Okay. Like, it's not going to kill you. It's just going to oh. irritate you. Yes, and is that not what a thorn does? Like, yeah. you get a splinter, or you get, like, a little splinter in your hand or your foot, and it's, like, irritating. It stalks you all day. Like, it's there, and you can function, and it's not taking you down, but it's like, I just want you to leave. You're so annoying. Well, I also looked up the biblical representation for thorn, and it denotes sin, sorrow, and hardship. But the other thing that I thought was pretty cool was that it said... Thorns and thistles used to grow at the edge of the barley and wheat fields and that they were used to protect the harvest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Used so to protect cool. us. Yeah. <gasps> okay. That's really good. And I think let's not forget uh, when we, someone side note that, when we get to the bottom of this, let's talk about that for just a second. What you just said. 
Okay. Or somebody remember that? Okay. Okay. Because that's important. So we see that a, the, this thorn is something, it was, it is, it's not from God, but it's something that God is allowing mm-hmm. in our lives to make us dependent on him, right? To make us closer to him. So he, it's like that verse, you know, what, you intended to harm me, but God meant it for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We see both of the times. It's not that it's from God. When that thing happens, we don't say, God did this to me. Sometimes God does put suffering in our lives, but sometimes it's Satan. But God is saying, I'm going to use that for my glory. He takes what the devil, I mean, look at Jesus on the cross. That was all Satan, right? But God took what Satan did, and that was his master plan for salvation. So I think that's just a massive example of something, you know, um, something that this, the devil sends to torment us that God turns around and uses because we belong to him for his glory and for his good. So let's look at Philippians 3, 4 through 10. Does anybody have that? I have it open. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness to which is in the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Mm. That's heavy stuff. Okay, in verse 7 and 8, so we see that he lists, Paul gives us all the reasons he has to be conceited, and there's some really good ones, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like the top dog religious from a religious standpoint. Mm -hmm. And education, like he is highly educated, like the most educated of anybody in his circle. So his resume looks good. Yeah. Good. His resume is yeah. squeaky Christine. clean. Yeah. Well, and he Christine. had the right pedigree to you. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yes. Like he like be equivalent. You know, all the worldly things yes. were in place. Mm-hmm. Right. But what does he say about them in verse seven and eight? He considers it all lost. Means for nothing. the sake of Jesus. Compared, this one says compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming wow. preciousness, mm. the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Mm. I like your version better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was good. That that must be amplified. Amplified. Yeah. It's so good because it explains. um, So he counts it as loss, right? And someone, what is the other word? There's a couple words he says. He counts it. He counts it as poop. Poop, poop. Rubbish. Mine said yeah. rubbish. <laughs> Trash. Poop. I prefer dung. I, I like dung. Too. Mine did say That's rubbish. Awesome. So, like <laughs> so rubbish. He's literally saying all of his, his intellect, his power, his mm. prestige, his education, every single thing. He probably is very wealthy as well. Everything he, that the world said, this, you're everything. He said, I literally count it as poop and trash. Mm. It's really a good knowing Christ. Think about all of those, all his pedigree and everything else. And then I just envision this thing on the ground with flies and 
just flying around it in the sun, just like. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there. that's it's what sun. it's worth. Right, like, right. he's like, there it is. Yeah, it yeah. means nothing. And I thought it was interesting how in my version it says that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness mm-hmm. that can be called my own mm. based on my obedience to the law's demands, but to possess a genuine righteousness, which only comes through yeah. faith in Christ. I love mm-hmm. that. A genuine, back to that, like so, last week, an authentic yeah. righteousness yeah. from Christ, not yeah. a self-made righteousness. So he's comparing a ritualistic uprightness genuine. and right yeah. standing with God based on obedience supposed obedience to the law which we all know you can't really do and comparing that with genuine what right. we talked about was that yeah. genuine, yeah, authentic. genuine yeah. authentic yeah yeah i thought of genuine because it said remember i think you and i both had coming from yeah. the original stock yeah and so i mean you can't get any more original than his his genealogy and his you know that stock from which he comes from just by birth but yeah. you know that right. it um, anyway. Well, why, y'all, why is it important that Paul doesn't become conceited? Let's just talk about the, the importance of him staying humble. Some of it was what I just said. Mm-hmm. So that people, when they view his life and see him and they don't make it about him, yeah. they make it about him and he can show them what authentic faith looks like Mm -hmm. because if he made it all about him it would just be oh i want to be just like him i don't want to be like jesus i want to be just like him right which is why i remember it talks about he's like i came low in speech in appearance like he talks about like he was not a good speaker he's i think it said he stutters when he talks like he's he's there's verses where he's like i'm because they're they start moving away from him and they start following other people and he's like hey you're supposed to yeah. be following uh, yeah, me, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. But he talks about how he has poor speech. and You know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. anybody? Yeah. What verses? I wish I could remember. So there's a chance for us, guys. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> Here we are. We sound, we stutter and we sound terrible right now. But if the point oh, is, oh. it was to show God's surpassing power through him, not him. He takes people, he wants to use people like that, right? Because then they're not being pointed towards that person. It's towards God. So, I, oh, I'm sorry. No, go, Angela. What, I just what did you also get had to be conceited in oneself is to lack Christ's power and provision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't have both. No. So if you're going to go with your own strength, mm. you're not going to have what the Lord has for you. So true. And he would be thinking that he was doing it in his own strength. And what comes before, well, we're about to get into this, the fall of man's pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. he could have never fulfilled his purpose mm-hmm. if he were conceited there's mm-hmm. just no way he would have bombed it that's exactly right he could this pride would totally compromise paul's mission right yep and we know he is the apostle to the gentiles to give the gospel of grace salvation by grace through faith huge mission um huge mission that is still carrying on today that could have been compromised had he relied on himself because he wouldn't be paul wouldn't be where he was if he had relied on his own credibility so this is it's protection right humility is protecting paul from compromising his earthly mission like god had to keep him humble and desperate what were you gonna say Angela? um i was just gonna I, something i read just said that the confession of the weakness gives him strength to endure mm. like you're saying oh yeah mm, that's so good well let's have an honest moment ladies mm. <laughs> who wants to tell
What accomplishments, <laughs> talents, or gifts in your own life tempt you to be boastful? And we all have something or some things. And can you honestly count them as poop <laughs> exchange for knowing Christ? Do you count them as trash? And actually, I want to add this question in here. What is the thing that tempts you to be boastful? And how can this compromise your mission? Let's just, let's go with that. I like to throw that in there. I should have written that. And I think it's important, y'all. How? What is that thing? And, and, and if you don't stay humble in that, how can it compromise your purpose here? Let's just start with what your problem is. <laughs> Where do I start? Right. Where are you starting? Yeah, I have yeah, a, I've list got a of whole things. list of things <laughs> that I don't really like about myself, but I know that I can, if I sit there and think about, oh, the wisdom. Wisdom that God's given me in health related subjects. Right, right. Same. Yeah. So I go, oh, well, I've been through this. I know how to handle this. And He has definitely humbled me because I will think that I know the answer to something and I'm just so positive. And I don't consult anything. I just go off on a whim and then I get slapped down and it's embarrassing. <laughs> because I don't think I know. So I'm like, I know. Slap down. And it, it happened that when I started this, you know, naturopathic program school, yeah. this program, I had prayed for humility because I was going in there with my itty bitty amount of knowledge that I had from my own experience, thinking, I'm gonna nail all this. Y'all, it did not take long. It was like the first course, maybe the first day, where I just get I was getting everything wrong, and I was I asked for humility though, and he gave it to me. And why is this important? Okay, if he if in this area, being that you're going into a naturopathic study, a, mm-hmm. you know, program, and wanting to do that, how would it compromise your purpose if you? I was actually thinking about that the other day when I was talking to the Uber driver that took me over to Mobile on Saturday night. And he was talking about some things that were going on with his health. And I was sitting there going through my head, oh, okay, well, maybe if he did this, this, and this. And come to find out, he had already taken that stuff out. And he, you know, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't. And I just let, so this is what it did, though. I sat and listened because I had been humbled. And so the problem, if I had pride in that area, is that I could have told him something totally wrong and he would have gone off and done that and maybe he would have been damaged. I mean, you could hurt somebody. Right. You can. That, for me, in that field, I cannot be prideful. We can't. Yeah, you have to have the ability to listen and not always just jump in with all your little self-proclaimed answers, right? Yeah. Which I'm really bad about, too. I have the exact same thing. So, I think it's always in since our area. you covered mine, I'll just skip right over my <laughs> area. Of, maybe our or area where our calling is the strongest, like with stepmom stuff for me, my Instagram. Like I can get. I remember, like a few weeks ago, I got like literally like six messages in like eight hours, and it was people like, "You're the only page that like God uses in my life." I was up all night crying, reading all your Aww. posts, and please don't ever stop. And just like going and all these messages that I was sending to Seth, I'm like, see, this is just confirmation. And then you start to be like, wow, I mean, I am kind of, I do kind of, I am kind of good at this. Right. And then I remember like the day after that, God was like, don't you see, I was just building your self-esteem for for somebody cracked you like an egg. And some (laughs) random girl was like, this is the worst advice you can ever give people people with adopted kids. And I was like, and that, and even though with all those things that those people wrote nice about me, I was like, oh, the one you know, thing. and God's like, dude, like I was just helping you to like understand that you're still in my calling. Don't get derailed by that one person that just obviously was having a bad day. But also it was like, 
don't get puffed up. Like, you yeah. still... Like, there's, you might get some things right, but, girl, you get a lot of things wrong, you know? So, that was Well, I think one. that just plays into mm-hmm. social media, like, just that oh. thing, right? Like, we are yeah. putting our worth and our value in those comments and the likes on your page or the followers it's really hard or whatever. Not to. It's hard It's not a training. To. You have to train yourself. Yeah. And he wants us to say, no, no, no. You know, okay, so your identity has not changed from before the negative post and after, but... But you felt different. But we shouldn't feel different because it, our value to, is in It used him. to be worse. Like, it ha- have come a it's long a way. It's a growth, for sure. It's definitely, like, now, and the funniest part is, is the, the ones that people will send me the most things, like, the most comments and likes will be something that I literally, I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. God put it on my heart. I wrote it. I sat down. I wrote it. I don't even know where it came from. I can't even remember thinking that. God just gave it to me. And then I'm like... So I, I went in there totally humble. And then it's like, you start getting all these things, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, it's a yeah. constant struggle. <laughs> it happens so yeah. And you're like, what? Like, oh my gosh. Like, I just want to, and it's a battle because I hate social media, but it's a way to reach people in this world, unfortunately. So we just have to find a balance. All right. Balance for sure. What about y'all? Anything y'all that you feel like is in your life that. I can tell you that, um. When Chris and I got married, we saved all our money. We did the Dave Ramsey thing. We had a million dollars in the bank. Not really, but (laughs) a lot of money. And we thought we were doing so good. And we, you know, we were patting ourselves on the back. And I think we probably were prideful. And we had other family members that were struggling, you know, we that kind of looked at us and thought, you know, y'all are doing it all right. And when we moved here... Um, we both were working remotely, and we bought a house in the Fruit and Nut and started renovations, and Chris lost his job. I lost my job. Mm. All that money in the bank went, and now we're, you know, trying to recover financially. We've, you know, we, we survived. Thank the Lord we did follow the Dave Ramsey thing and had enough money to pay some of our bills, but, you know, that was humbling. That is. Because... You know, to think that we've got it all together and then he just knocks, um, you know, your legs out from under you. And it's so now, you know, it's funny because we give more now and we have less than when we had all that money Mm -hmm. and hard and we kind of just hoarded it away and and weren't as generous. And now it's like, this isn't our money. Mm -hmm. This is his money. Mm -hmm. This is his house. He thankfully, Mm, he, I gave my house to him during that process. And I said, if you want to take this house then take it and he gave it back to us, you know, he let us keep it. But you know, that was, um, that was, a. a, a way that I think we were prideful and you know what we thought we had built and he had just right. lent us. Look at that testimony though that came out of that. I mean you have testimony for someone that could be struggling Walking. just like that. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Andrea? I well, there's so many. The the one that sticks out in my mind is with parenting and I wrote down that I get prideful when when I think I'm getting it right, which is usually like one second, because then the next second, like... <laughs> Blew it. <laughs> but so I, sometimes I think as a mom, we can put our identity and our achievements in what our children look like. And the Lord has blessed me with amazing children who, you know, when Charlotte was um, just wanted to be 
to be baptized and she accepted Jesus as her savior, that to me, I, I could feel I was getting prideful. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've done this. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to really step back and be like, and I tell Charlotte, the Lord chose you mm-hmm. at a young age awesome. for something mighty. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Wow. And my job mm-hmm. is to just steward you mm-hmm. and walk beside you and help you grow and whatever comes of that, what if Charlotte goes the opposite way and, you know, walks away or does something different, then I can't carry that too. Yeah. So right. It's a if, yeah, right. Yeah. So I have to be so balanced with my pride with raising the girls because that's really my main job right now right. is just to, you know, raise them and, but not seek worth in how they turn out or but walk next to them. So right. so hard, y'all. It is a balancing act 24-7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. So let's talk about humility. Um, all of our favorite word. I do love this word, but it's not so easy. Um, what does it mean, y'all? What is the definition of humility? The one that I had was lowly, meek, modest, unassuming, not proud or haughty. I didn't really look it up, but in my mind, my, I summarized it as, you know, being appreciative of what you have, knowing you don't deserve it, and it's mm-hmm. not yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I put to you, because I didn't look it up, but I said, it, you know, everything that we have and are are his anyway, mm-hmm. our children, our husbands, our houses, our cars. Um, and then I said, so first recognizing pride and then giving it all over to God. If you spend your time in Thanksgiving, like you said, Ashley, and repentance, you will be humbled. <laughs> That's actually a good formula. This other definition, I forgot that this was the best part, was a spirit of submission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never, submissive. Yeah. yeah. Well, Throw me out that word. Submissive okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? For all you slackers, I did look up the definition, so... To realize how worthless. There you go. Ashley had it right. Um, no, I'm sorry. I read the wrong thing. Where is it? Where, what number are we on? Where oh, number? having or showing modest or low estimate of one's importance. But not, it also had another definition that I think is really a relevant. Low social, administrative, or political rank. Like coming from uh, a place. Yeah. A humble place. A humble oh, beginning. Yeah. So Jesus humble coming beginnings. from Nazareth yeah. and being born in a manger. It ties in both of those. Right. Oh, yeah. And I just got to read this really quick. To me, this was the definition of it biblically. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Mm, Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm -hmm. And then if you go down, it says, and to me, when I think of humility, um, I didn't even realize when I wrote this, that it was in the same passage. Who being, it says, your attitude should be the same that's of Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So to me, when I think of humility, I think of taking the form of a servant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a servant's heart, a servant's attitude, putting everyone, everyone else's needs before your own. How about taking the... Being a God and coming down and being a man. That's what I mean when we <laughs> like, talk about yeah. example. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Like, really? And then humility. One thing, too, I heard this a long time ago. Tim Keller said it. 
I just have to say this really quick. This is something that will stick. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's thinking of yourself less. less. Oh, that, yeah. oh, I like that. So, so humility is not a, I'm terrible. Like I'm we talked about earlier, thinking, oh, I'm just so bad. And yeah. being That's not humility. Yourself, that's still pride. It All is right. pride because right. it's still focusing on self. Humility <laughs> is thinking of yourself less. It's not, it's focusing on others yeah. and setting aside your own. Yo, can I tell you something really quick? I just yeah. have to confess this. All right. I went through this little like phase where I realized that like if I would humble myself during like arguments with people, this was during like COVID and all this stuff where like people, we were all like commenting on Facebook posts because we were all quarantined and all this stuff. And I started noticing that when I humbled myself, like if I said something that irritated somebody, I'd be like, I know you're right. I'm sorry that they would like be like, oh, you know, like kind of come back and, and I was like, I, it started to get where I started getting prideful about being humble. <laughs> oh my and I was God. like, oh my God. I have, and I'll be, I'd be like, it'd be like a game almost. I'd be like, watch this. And I'd be like, oh, you're so right. I'm sorry that I did this. And I'd be like, <clears throat> I'd be like, oh my gosh. Like that I have pride about being wow. humble. Is that not the, de- like, yes. we are just so sinful. Like yeah. even yes. when we're humble, we start getting prideful about being humble. It's so true. <laughs> that's, that's, it's so I'm true. Ashamed that's what it's like a balancing act. It's <laughs> Just we all go through that, though. Don't be ashamed. We I've never admitted that to anyone, but y'all, now everybody listens. Now this, so. everyone, everyone in the world is going to know, make this viral. So everyone knows Rachel <laughs> did that, that out of pride. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. I don't know who it was. Valid. Valid point. Let's read Proverbs 16, 18, and let's get the opposite of humility, which we already know what that is. But let's see why it's dangerous. Anybody 16, have it? 18. Yeah, we're Pro- Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Nice. So, haughty spirit, by the way, definition, arrogantly superior. Okay, so an arrogantly superior spirit. So, pride in that. So, what we see the opposite is pride of humility. We all know that. But, y'all, why? And so, why is this dangerous? Why is pride so dangerous? Well, we start thinking we can do things apart from God. And what does he say? Is it... Apart from you, can do nothing. Yeah, John fifteen. You can do nothing apart from me. Like that—that's dangerous territory. It's dangerous territory because it ends up being damaging. I mean, not only damaging yourself, you're going to end up damaging somebody else. Exactly, and that's painful. So, and it's a lie. I mean, because Mm -hmm. you know, really, if we look at it, you know, the opposite. I put um, self righteousness, taking responsibility for your own blessings. Um, feeling like we earned or deserve what God has given us, that we achieved those things on our own. And um, anyway, I think that's just Satan trying to to twist it a little bit. And Every good thing he always you know. does. He'll take that Every humility. Thing. He'll even take the humility and twist it. Mm-hmm. And um, my, I did this with Reed this morning. I made him do the sheet with me, and he really he enjoyed doing it with me. It was nice to talk it through with someone. But he said something that was really awesome. He's like, it blinds you from seeing your own mm-hmm. weakness and flaws. Yep. He's like, it's a their blinder. Pride is a blinder. Mm-hmm. Prideful people like, can't take advice from people. They get offended anytime somebody says something that doesn't. That's not true. I'm joking. Sorry. But there's like those are signs of a prideful person. Like, do you get too um, worked up when you get complimented or too or criticized? Mm-hmm. Do you can you take advice? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's the sign of, and there's more. I'm yeah. laughing because criticism is really hard for me. Yeah. And that's the sign of pride. That's, that's a huge yeah. sign of pride. 
I know. It is. You can you can definitely so tell. How can we? I know. It's true. I know. I'm I know aware. everything. <laughs> oh, so okay. On that note, y'all, we see that the world teaches us something quite different. So we see that God saying that pride is is before destruction and before the fall, right? So what is about the world? Is that what is that the message we're getting from society? Like, let's be serious. I think the world says. I love the verse. Okay. God exalts those who humble themselves mm-hmm. and he humbles those who exalt themselves. The world says, exalt myself. Be exalt proud of yourself. yourself. Be, yes. Yeah. Right. Put yourself, get all the likes you can. Get all the work you can get done. Be the most beautiful you can be. Elevate yourself. Mm. Take pride and in what you do. Right. That's the opposite. Your job and okay. um, success. Yeah. If we look at it, there's a Fame. whole movement on pride. Yeah. Exactly. Pride. Yeah. Pride. That's what my, that's what we say. And they've got a flag. They've got colors. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're offended, but I mean just look <laughs> at that word. It's true. Pride yeah. it's almost it's an arrogance. Um it's an arrogance about something and we see in our world it's an arrogance of sin. It's a I know more. I know better than anyone else. Specifically I, God, yeah. right? So it's a pride against God that's in our world. We see that so clearly. Um, let's look at um, what God says about it, okay? Um, in First Peter 5, 5 through 6. Does anybody have First Peter? Amy, you got it? Yep. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Okay, so what does God say about humility here? Let's start there. He gives grace to the humble. Right. He gives grace to them. And then um, anything else. He says to clothe, to clothe ourselves in humility, right? To wear it. So clothe ourselves in it, that he gives grace to the humble. And there's one more thing he says at the, the last part we read. What does he say about being humble or to humble yourself? I put that it gives God opportunities to exalt you. If you're not humble, he's not going to have those opportunities. So true to do that. Yeah, he literally says, if you will humble yourself under my hand, I will exalt you when the time is right. So we see that we don't have to self-exalt because if we will humble ourselves under his hand, he will exalt us himself in the proper way in the proper time. Well, Psalm 25, 9 says he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. So if you're not humble, then you you don't. Can't be guided. (laughs) do what's right and you don't know his way you're not listening to him you're focused on yourself mm-hmm. it's kind of an inward right. focus instead of an outward thankfulness right. i don't remember what verse it was i'm sorry i didn't write it down but it says god detests the proud mm-hmm. they will not go unpunished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a strong word so yeah what does he say about pride he he it says it. here he resists the proud. He what opposes was the other it. One? It says he opposes it. He turns from those who are prideful. He, he also says also says where there is strife, there is pride. Which think about yeah. it. Any argument, anything you ever get in with anybody, what's at the root of it? Pride. Pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You hurt my pride. But the redemption is in Daniel four thirty seven, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Um, so he. Yeah. He can and he will, but, I mean, you have to have a heart transition for that to happen. Right. But So let's look at the world, and we've talked about this. We don't have to get um, super lengthy on it, but we obviously see the destructive consequences. We see that in our world that it has absolutely destroyed our world on all physical, mental, 
emotional and spiritual levels. I mean, and in our own just lives. just stop and look at Putin for a second. How prideful. He, he's like, I deserve this. Our country deserves this. I, I deserve this. We, we need this. I mean, that, that whole, this whole war is driven by pride. He's Absolutely. killing, you know, people and will, will likely, you know, turn into World War Three here because of pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> the fall of man the fall, is pride. The Satan. fall of man Let's and the fall of countries. The fall I mean, of you know nations is due to pride. Yeah, and I think we see it too. Uh, I just think about divorce rate, um, broken families. Yeah, you know all of that we see is stem so many. Our divorce rate is higher than it's, it's high, way higher than the marriage than staying together rate <laughs> um, mm-hmm. at this point. And it's pride is because you know. You're not enough for me, or you offend me, or you did the this, and you did that. Like I deserve better. I deserve. Right. I deserve better. Who treats right. me better? I deserve mm-hmm. instead of. I mean, the grass is not greener. People need to break it down. Well, and that's what the world tells you, though. Yeah, that it is all yeah. the time. Yeah. That's what yeah. Satan tells you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you see anything in your own life where your pride has um, caused destruction? I can just vouch and go and tell you that I've seen it in my marriage. Yeah, I've seen yeah. the yeah. destructive consequences of pride in my marriage. We're, you know, going, this is our 10 year anniversary. And honestly, this is the first year in three years we've liked each other um, <laughs> in the last three months. And it's because of pride. Um, neither, neither of us willing to humble ourselves and say, I'm sorry, or to address the things in ourselves that are broken. Instead, we throw it on the other person and it's yeah. cost us three years of marriage. Yes, yeah. we're still together by God's grace, but it has not been a pleasant ride until recently when we actually humbled ourselves with each other. And it's just, it got us. Yeah. I know? can say being a stepmom and just the whole blended family thing humbled me so fast from the get-go that that's probably why I have such a strong marriage now. I'm like, wow, we've had the worst, you know, normal marriages. I'm sure y'all's marriages have maybe got harder yeah. with time where ours started off like mm-hmm. that. And so we're smooth sailing now. Like we're in the honeymoon phase. Here we are seven years <laughs> in and we're finally in the honeymoon phase because it's like back. I was right. so humbled. It's not even funny. Mm. Like, I mean, just bad humbled those first few years. So mm. and we both were, and we had to be humble to still, to stay married. Now I'm like, I don't, there's, I just don't, we don't have a lot of pride together. Cause it's like, I had to show you my ugly and you no. just had to, and he, I had to see his and we had to love each other, mm-hmm. you know, through it. Anybody else? Well, we can kind of close out with Second Corinthians twelve seven through nine. Does anybody want to reread that? You have that, Ashley. Twelve. I I have it written. Yeah. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Was that all of it, or did I just pick out a part? Um, twelve seven through nine. Was that? Oh, it? I'm sorry. No, I just okay. read what I have written. Therefore, I will boast okay. all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Yes. So, y'all, what was God's response to Paul asking him to remove his thorn three times? That you would, you're made perfect in weakness. So, I mean, he says no. I mean, you know, my grace is sufficient for you, but, I mean, I am sufficient for you. Um, if I take out the thorn, you're going to be sufficient for you, mm-hmm. you know. And what is sufficient? Let's just define that for a moment for people. Sufficient means enough or adequate, mm-hmm. right? So my grace is enough for you. Um, and like you said, he said no, right? <laughs> hey, God, take this no. Instead, 
I'm going to show you my power through this weakness in you. Why would God say no to this? I think it, it was to keep him humble. Yeah. Circle back around, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He wants Paul dependent on him, not on his own qualifications. Mm-hmm. And this, he knew this was how it had to be done. I, I wrote that he is enough, and then I went um, to Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like mm. eagles. They should run and not grow weary. They should walk and not faint. That's good. I love that verse. Oh, that's got me through some me stuff. Me too. Yeah. So oh. that was Dad's favorite verse. I want the power. I want his right. power. I want, yeah, his you know? strength. And to yeah. run and not grow weary. Because yeah. I can just think as a runner, mm-hmm. the feeling of just growing faint and weary, mm-hmm. but having him to fuel me for mm-hmm. that and endure the race that's set before. Well, on number 11, the question is, what thorn in your own life have you been asking God to remove that he has still not t- taken away? But Ashley, you had said earlier, uh, a thorn protects the rose, right? Mm-hmm. It protects something precious. And I just want to spin that question for a second, y'all. You know that thing in your life right now. We all have that thing that's our thorn, right? That torments us. That just when we think it's gone, there it is again. And it keeps us daily dependent on his grace, right? Um do you see how this thorn is protecting you? Any thoughts on that? Just, I just think it would be nice to kind of wrap up with that. Just realizing for ourselves that, okay, this is the area that God is using this. He's protecting my calling. He's protecting my heart and my mind by allowing this to be in my life. And it's not easy to accept that, is it? I mean, is there, there's something we're all praying about, God, please take this from me. I don't ever want to have to deal with this ever again. I put, um, mine, mine was loss of hearing and I have tinnitus, which is extreme ringing and buzzing in my ears and it's constant. Mm -hmm. And I've asked him, please take it. I mean, cried about this. I've gone to my church. I've gone up to the front and bawled my eyes out. And, you know, it was clear that he was not going to do it. And I started thinking, why, why would that be that? And I think mm. for me, it's a constant reminder for me to lean into him mm. yep. and not sit there and just have something taken away. And then I go, okay, all good, all good. Yeah. It really is a reminder that I, I can make it through what's tormenting me by going to him. And it, it, he, he does. He gets me through every single moment because it can, if I dwell on it, it can drive me crazy. I mean, people have killed themselves over having tinnitus. Mm. I can't talk about it too long because I have it too. Okay. <laughs> like, if I really start thinking Think about it, I know. Me I mean, and Amy he... are deaf people, mm. just for the record, in case you're wondering what we're talking about. But right. it, is, it is mental torture because wow. you hear a constant shh in your, no- in your ear and you already can't hear. And, but what you do hear sounds like, you know, crickets all the time. Oh and it is, it is something that literally will make you have moments of, oh, dear God, you have it's to painted. take this from me or I'm going to have to take something to knock myself out because it's so frustrating. It's not easy. No, <laughs> it's yeah. not. But he has made it bearable, if that makes any sense. Yeah. He makes right. it bearable. 
and he, when I, my mind is focused on him, I don't have time or energy to even focus on that yeah. because I'm focused on mm. here on yep. this. Does that make sense? It's almost like he is my distraction from that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Thank goodness. What about y'all? Does it, um, either of y'all, before we close out, is there anything, any thoughts about, do you feel resistance or towards accepting that thing? Or do you have any, um, does it encourage you or challenge you to know that maybe that's the thing that he's left there? I mean, mine is health issues just with, um, being diagnosed with MS forever ago and that, that fear that, oh my goodness, everything could be taken away at any mm-hmm. moment. What will I do? Like, how will I yeah. cope? Cope. Right. Well, how is this going to ruin everyone's, you know, time in my family? Like, and so I have to really lean on him to not go down that, to Probably go down more. and yeah. then to not like fixate so much on trying to make it better. And then, another rabbit hole so oh the rabbit hole it's like a balance of um of trying to just rely on him and not on focused on the future or Mm. the fear and um that's well kind of that would be something that would be very fair Paul I feel you on that with the autoimmune stuff similar it's like you just want it to go away and you want to but you cannot get too into it because if you do Right. It becomes idolatrous. And then you lose that dependence on him. And I think that's like the key to it. Um, Ashley, first, is there anything you felt you know, towards I mean, that? I think <clears throat> for me, I just, um, it's like this striving with the job and the financial thing. And it's just, you know, it's, ne- it's never going to go away. I'm never going to not have to work. Right. You know, and that's just... A reality um, and I, I would love to spend more time with my family and, and doing stuff like this Bible studies and things but he's because I went to him with my latest <clears throat> job he gave me a job where I could do both and um, but it's still there and it's just um, you know it's something that will never go away but it, it also um, he's brought me to a place where I can just um, put that aside and, and focus on him and um, it is a hardship because I don't want to work so hard and not be able to spend that time doing some other things I enjoy so mm-hmm. anyway um, it's I'm ready for Jesus to come <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah <Same here. laughs> well my cl- can I just say a closing thought on that when he says my grace is sufficient for you y'all here's the, the this is what he's trying to teach us to live in the moment and be present because guess what his grace is sufficient for that day he's not going to give you grace for your work stuff next week not even for tomorrow he'll give it to you tomorrow when it's tomorrow and he says not to worry about tomorrow that this is the day that he's made and this is what the day we're living in and he will give us the grace to deal with all this today but we are so obsessed with with figuring out what the next day or week or month or year is going to look like because we want to control control but he's saying you got to let it go. I'm going to give you what you need yeah. for that day, but I'm not giving you what you need for that thing you've decided is going to happen three years from now that scared you to death. I'm not giving you grace for that because it hasn't happened yet and it may never happen. And so he is teaching us to be present, y'all. It's all, this is what it's all about. It's, and we can't have his presence without being, being present, present, right? So it's just a, 
double-edged sword there. So y'all, thank y'all so much for listening. We tried to keep it shorter for y'all. We'll wrap it up with a prayer. And we just hope that y'all enjoyed this, that you were edified and that you were um, encouraged by it. Um, And we hope that you'll keep listening. Have a great day. Lord, we just want to thank you for this time together. We thank you for those that are listening, that they took a moment out of their day to um, just listen to hopefully words of encouragement, Lord, but also um, truth. And we thank you that you love us enough to um, give us these thorns, Lord, to keep us humble and just help us to focus on you and not on ourselves. I ask that each of us would leave here today and um, give the glory to you, Lord, and identify areas in our lives where we are prideful, Lord, and ask you to to cleanse that and take that away from us, Lord, so we can um, just let our light shine for you and, and not of ourselves, Lord. We thank you for loving us, and we just ask you to protect us and bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.